All right, everybody, welcome to Grab Lives. And we want to start off by saying our disclaimer that everything we say and do does not reflect the city of Los Angeles Fire Department. And I want to introduce our newest partnership and sponsor, uh, Frontline Behavioral Health. And this uh, agency, they are super cool and in alignment with our purpose, which is to help people process, uh, particularly first responders and veterans, processing trauma and getting back to neutrality, homeostasis. So one of the biggest things about what they do is that they do a multi-complex treatment. So it's not just therapy. You know, They do group therapy and regular therapy, yes, but they are more innovative with their process and to treating first responders and finding different ways to um, maneuver around this epidemic. And if you can uh, reach out to them, they do take insurance. So the biggest thing with uh, their program is that they will also find ways around their treatment and they will find a solution for you if you need a lot of help or a little bit of help or just to sustain your mentality for just this neutral self and this hard line of work. So if you want to reach them, uh, their facility, which they, they treat, is called Acera, A-C-E-R-A. And you're going to go to acerahealth.com. And you're going to look up how to manage or even get uh, diagnosed with anything. If you even want to just check it out and see what the the modalities that they offer. They do EMDR therapy, neurofeedback therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, dialect behavior therapy. They have a ton of ways to go around uh, what we find to um, to, to seek and, and process our own healing. So uh, go ahead and check that out. And today's episode, Trevor and I will be talking about recapping the year and discovering, you know, what are the things that we've we've had to, to maneuver around ourselves within our own personal lives in order to broadcast um, an openness aspect of who we are to show you are not alone. So Thank you, everybody, for listening in and tune in. John, what's up, brother? How <laughs> much, man? Dude, I'm so happy we could finally meet up. So, obviously, we just got through the holidays. Crazy time of year. Uh, super busy at work. Um, you know, I got to celebrate my first Christmas with my son. We did it early. Like most first responders, it was not on Christmas. Hands down, the best Christmas of my life. Um so we made it through the holidays and you and I are finally catching up and we felt like it would be relevant to do a recap episode. So much has gone on in the past year and something I'm conscious of is um, when I look back, I'll catch myself moving from one problem to the next. You know, I cross a finish line and I barely celebrate. I'm like already looking at the next race. Mm. And I found myself over the holiday season um, feeling a bit burned out, right? Just with the workload, with managing a lot of old patterns that came up for me during the holiday season. Um, you know, there's certain family members I'm not speaking to right now. And I feel like sometimes that family drama gets exaggerated over the holidays. You know, for instance, I'm creating my own traditions at home now with my family, a new, a new type of Christmas. But it's impossible for me to not remember you know, the Christmases I had as a child. Um, and so there are definitely like big feelings that came up. Right. And, um, and so I stopped, I caught myself, I caught myself just like 
stressing from one thing to the next. And I really try and give myself like credit, you know, or like a, a pause just to like praise the things that we've gotten through. Right. So looking back to when we created this podcast, dude, I remember I had imposter syndrome bad. And if you've heard of that, you know, it's basically a criticism of yourself that says you're not qualified to do something right. And too often people really cut back on their dreams because of self-sabotage, you know, too often we're the ones getting in our own way. And so it was interesting looking back and realizing like, wow, that first month in our first year, I was really like, what do I know? You know, and I pushed through that because um, we've seen an incredible amount of positive feedback. And I'm so glad that I got out of my own way and I was brave enough to be vulnerable and talk about some of the things I'd been through um, because this has been a really rewarding year for us. You know, I think if I could pick one thing that really represented what I'm personally trying to achieve with this podcast, it was um, a firefighter's wife DM'd our account and said, thanks for giving me my husband back. Hmm. He had found our podcast randomly um, and he made the decision to find a therapist and he started talking things out and she noticed a change immediately. And she said, this dude's happier. He's showing up as a husband. He's showing up as a father. She didn't give me any personal details. Um, I didn't even look him up. I don't know what station he's at, you know? But I was so proud. I was so proud that we had an influence, not just on a member, but that member's entire family. And I think it really inspired me to keep going, you know, because when you're vulnerable and when you put yourself out there, you know me, dude, I'm a hermit. So a lot of times I'll, I'll say something, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I'm a hermit and I'm a perfectionist. And so if I don't, if I don't feel like I'm influencing change, sometimes I'll say, well, what's the point? And just like most times in my life where I start to question or doubt or lose hope, usually someone throws me a life raft. And I think that DM came to me when I needed a life raft. And um, it just reminded me that we are making a difference. And so I thought it'd be fun to do a recap, you know, and just talk about like personal um, victories, like getting over imposter syndrome or um for me like some of the some of the the change that we've influenced you know within the department just um reducing the stigma about getting a therapist dude i don't go on a single call where someone doesn't come up to me and talk about something related to mental health it's either hey i enjoyed the last episode or hey dude i found a therapist or hey dude my girlfriend's pregnant you know something unrelated to the incident um and that's something i'm really excited to see because we are at a crossroads with our culture and there's a lot of people in the camp of it used to be a lot better or back in my day this wouldn't be allowed um there's a lot of like traditional culture versus new culture and as challenging as that is to navigate it is an opportunity right and so i thought it'd just be fun to talk about you know, just the different opportunities for us that have come up. Our recent partnership with um, Behavioral Health Alliance. Did I say that? Uh, Frontline Behavioral Health. 
frontline behavioral <laughs> health. There's all these buzzwords in my head because I'm constantly dude. I'm constantly listening to mental health podcasts. Yeah, you know, um, frontline behavioral health. So um, we've had an opportunity to meet incredible people, right? I've had an opportunity to receive DMs from firefighters all over the country, and you know we've learned a lot in our first year, right? So looking back, is there one guest? that sticks out for you as like an episode you're proud of uh well before we get there dude sorry knock my mic out uh before we get there you know i just want to kind of like talk about how we even started the podcast you know? okay i mean we started it um what really inspired us to start this pro this project um was uh, the demise of our own member um and not to go into details with that person, but he's what started um, this whole heart-based project. And, um, you know, even through that, uh, you and I were, were using Marco Polos to talk to one another and share our lives and the things we were working on individually. And we realized we had something through some of the recordings. We were like, dude, this is like gold, you know, and I, th I, I hope people would share themselves as much as we shared uh, our own personal lives and our own personal struggles. And we both have been in the mud and our own, you know, just journey of life. And I think being open with that is just huge. And to start this project, it was a lot of work and, you know, we, we use a lot of our own money to start it. And for me, I just like wanted to trust this process and I one of the one of the things that I knew was gonna be fun. You know, yeah. Just to sit back and just like talk, you know, and, and just discover through our own conversations how much we collaborate and we expand. And every single time I talk to you, dude, it's like we we grow and I just aspire for everyone that, that hears this podcast to do that with someone because it is um, really exponential to your progress in life and having people in your corner you could really adapt to and uh, and and just inspire one another. That's what we're supposed to supposed to do in this journey of life. And above all else, you know, I think one of the main things I wanted to start with too was like, you know, we're not healthcare professionals, and I think people are just so sick of hearing from psychologists and therapists who don't understand what we what we do and where we're at in this uh, juggling of you know the career uh, that we have. That's that's really challenging not getting sleep, you know, the hypervigilance and the, the biological imbalances that happen with all this stuff. It's like really, really intense and no one understands it. And you're going to go to a therapist. They're going to help you, you know, go to your childhood and talk about your marriage and all this stuff. But dude, do they understand truly what's going on? The answer is no, uh, but we do because we're out there in the trenches with you guys. And I think that's inspiring in itself. And I think People have been waiting for a long time for these conversations to come up. And I think a lot of people are afraid of just the bureaucratic bullshit that comes up that, you know, people are, are just really, really in fear about wanting to express the, the true quality of, of what something like suicide ideation, you know, and um, and really talking about it. It's, um, I don't know, it's a gift. Um, there's, there's so many... Um, the things that have come up this last year, I can't even think about it, man. But I mean, as, as like a I'm trying to think an episode or a guest this yeah, year that you I have to think about it. This is a recap episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn, dude. I don't know. It's, um, I want to say, shoot, 
uh, Grassroots, Jason Jason Shelton. That was yeah. a really good episode. He's yeah, such Jason a, is so well spoken. Yeah, it's just wild. He's a Navy, he's an ex Navy SEAL. Yeah, you know, like Navy SEALs are the shit, and they're not just the shit for being strong and you know brave warriors. They're actually like really intelligent, and I think. You know, when I think of a Navy SEAL, I think of someone who really knows himself, um, knows himself in discomfort, you know, yeah. and that's been a process, you know, because this podcast, dude, <laughs> this has not led to fame or money, right? We get up on our day off and we do this because we want to help, Yeah. you know, and um, I think just being in touch and connection with guys like Jason that really have tested themselves and then are not so arrogant, not so like, I'm not gonna pass on these secrets to anyone who's not a Navy SEAL, right? He wants to share, he wants to to make people better, he wants to help members sleep better. So that's been a huge inspiration to me, is just to find that tribe. Like you said, dude, no one is meant to do this alone, you know? And I think even before this podcast, one of the greatest things I ever did was find a mentor. And so, like you said, like, I, I pray that everyone has someone on their shift or at their station that they can talk to, because this is hard shit. Like you said, like, even a therapist that goes to school to help people kind of navigate, you know, their problems and, you know, unlearn certain patterns and come to um, realizations to help them move forward or to break molds or to kill their ego or whatever. They don't understand the culture. You know, I still get asked you know, God, that must be such a hard job. Like what's, you know, what's the worst thing you've ever seen? And like, first of all, never ask a first responder that like on my day off, yeah. I don't want to fucking talk about that. Someone asked me that at the <laughs> pool recently. He was like, Hey bro. I was like in between laps, you know, Hey, what's the worst thing you ever seen? <laughs> I forget why he even knew. Maybe I had a mustache, but at that time I was like, Hey dude, I don't feel like talking about that right now. I'm, I'm in the middle of my workout, you know? And what people don't realize is the hardest thing about our job is not often the calls, but the people we work with or the people we work for, the politics, you know, and yeah. the drama. Um, so to be aligned with guys like Jason Shelton and to know that they're out there, right? That was like the big motivator for me with this podcast was I was rubbing elbows with like incredible leaders. And then I would meet a rookie who got detailed and was like, dude, the station I'm at, you know, guys are burned out. No one's training. No one's learning. No one's laughing. No one's smiling. Like, it fucking sucks. And, you know, I look at that guy starting his career, right? And when we started our career, it was like the greatest fire department in the world. <laughs> you know, like some, dude, our cadre was goddamn superheroes, you know? And it was easy to be inspired. Yeah. But nowadays, can you imagine entering into this line of work where everyone's like, fuck this? Yeah. That's, that's a big challenge, right? So this past year, man, I think also becoming a dad has just made me lean into leadership you know, evaluating myself as a leader, questioning like what I can offer my son and what type of person I am at work and uh, recognizing that people are always watching and public perception is important. So really looking inward and questioning like, what do I represent as a leader? What are my core values? And then also featuring leaders within the department like Jason Shelton. So, you're absolutely right. I'm glad you picked that, dude. <laughs> you know, Leah heard that podcast and was like, 
Jason just sounds like the nicest guy ever. <laughs> and I was like, yep, yeah. you nailed it. <laughs> well, he was such a genuine dude. And after the episode, like after each episode, we are done and, and we kind of give each other this look like that felt really good. Or yeah. that was kind of like, oh, whatever. And after that episode, it felt so good. And because he was such a, his his generosity, it really um, shows in the way he speaks, the way he treats his wife. He brought his wife yes. over my house and like, we were just talking together and it was really beautiful. And um, you would never have guessed this guy's, this guy was a Navy SEAL, right. which every Navy SEAL I've come across, they are super humble and you would never expect this person to be a Navy SEAL. And there's two people that are like that. One of them is a Navy SEAL and the other is a uh, um, smoke jumpers mm. because they're, and they're so um, just rare and, just stealth and, and nature and but also at the same time their their pride has been broken down to a minuscule to where they don't use that as their driving force mm. and it's super cool when you do meet them because you're empowered by their behavior you know and uh it, it is inspiring especially when you know jason had struggled with sleep for such a long time and that's just what we struggle with in general and that was such a good episode to really break down sleep and the and the story behind uh, uh, sixty two Romeo that um, whatever that that agency that, that yeah. helps people sleep man and it's just um, through a suicide that's how this this started sixty two Romeo and it's just really profound how something like that could start something that could expand and help people's lives in so many different ways. Uh, but Jason is so rad, and every time I run into him, he gives me a huge bear hug because he's a big dude compared he's to me. D- no, he's a big dude compared to anyone. <laughs> yeah, and so every time I I see him, it's always uh, great to, on an incident or whatever yeah. uh, to come across his path. But you know, in general, I think with this last year, I continue my own work. I know you do too, and what that means is like we focus on ourselves to just analyze our consciousness and our awareness and our intentions. And I think through that, you know, that helps the podcast come up with different episodes, different topics to talk about, because it comes from our own personal experience. Yeah. And I think for myself and yourself, like we've come to this breaking point where we could look in the past and leave that all behind. But now this conscious awareness had come forth to where we could analyze everything and talk about it because we've done this analytical thinking but also feeling through it yes and ultimately that's what we really wanted to inspire others is to understand how you feel because that's just this whole uh, misconstrued uh, idea of like you should shy away from your feelings and you should just do the job and everyone knows when they come home from a really uh, hard shift that's been long and arduous you feel like shit so it's okay to say hey i feel like shit (laughs) you know what i mean so I fucking did. I did six days uh, in a row over Christmas. It was a, d- a difficult decision to do that, but I ended up not going to Colorado with Leah and Gus. Just felt like it was more responsible to put some money in the bank. And um, when I got off, dude, I had a I had an excellent time over the holidays. I had like I had a lot of fun working those six days. I missed my family, but I had a lot of fun. And yet, I still wanted to fight someone when I got off. It was it was the wildest thing, dude. I had a day to myself in Pedro, and I was going to the gym, and I went for a swim. I did take an eight hour nap, <laughs> so I didn't want to fight anyone during that. But I just had this like irritability. I just had this like edge, and um, it's undeniable. And yeah. I think like that happens to me the more I work, you know. And so understanding that balance 
um, is key. And like you said, we have continued to do the inner work. And I found amazing practices this past year. Obviously, I've gotten more into swimming. I've gotten more into breath work. That's my thing. You know, now I do breath work at the station um, in the morning. You know, I give myself like 30 minutes to turn myself on, you know, to tune in. And that's been a breakthrough for me because, you know, it's been a, a, a transition over the last year from weightlifting to swimming to now breath work, you know, and the way I define exercise, the way I just define physical fitness has changed. Um, the way that I, I think of like my true character versus a persona, I started thinking about my health compared to looking healthy, right? Cause I, I used to be bigger, you know, I used to have more mass. I used to have like more muscle. Um, but I don't think I was healthier. You know, I think I appeared strong, but now I feel like I understand a little bit more about strength, you know, when I'm doing breath work and I feel like I'm going to pass out or my hands are tingling and I, I refuse to take a breath. I'm still, I'm going for like, you know, longer and I'm, I'm just pushing myself that way. Um, so it's been a discovery year for me. And I like what you said about having the, the balls to discuss suicidal ideation. I mean, how could we not, you know, and that's, I hit a breaking point before this podcast was born. Um, a, a TFC made an announcement about a member who had passed and I didn't like how vague he was being. And I understand the sensitivity of not being quick to diagnose something, but the writing was on the wall. And the fact that we couldn't even say the word suicide, right? Like growth doesn't come from denial. Yeah. Growth comes from acceptance. Right. Like if Leah and I had had a miscarriage and we were like, oh, like that's so shameful and we're just going to forget about that, you know, and we're going to move on, we wouldn't have become better people. The right. fact that we grieved it and we, we labored, you know, him and we said goodbye and we, we were broken down. And we admitted that we had, you know, hit rock bottom. And, the, and then what comes from that is an opportunity to build yourself up. And so I think I was so fed up with just another opportunity missed, you know, to, to really talk about these things that are affecting all of us. Um, and so I continue to praise us for knowing that there's a problem and discussing it because first responders are really good at making it work dude we missed an f80 over the holidays for i don't know why but we've been having to trade supplies all freaking week <laughs> and you know like we don't downgrade we don't culturally we just don't downgrade and what that means is if an als rescue gets dispatched and it turns out to be a minor complaint we can ask for a BLS ambulance to come and transport that patient. We don't do that, right? Because everyone's busy and our motto is make it work, right? But if you're not um, accepting or admitting fault or a problem, well, there's nothing to fix, right? Just more shit gets swept under the rug. And so, you know, this year I have seen where being brave and having difficult conversations has led to, to real progress, right? Um, just the, just the wave that we hit after Bo came on and then we went to peer support and then there was a, a drill in my battalion and there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of buzz about that and it's sad to see it kind of fizzle. It's sad to yeah. see like 
certain protocols in place for peer support that are not utilized, right? I spoke recently on our Instagram page about an incident that I was involved with where peer support was actually used. You know, we were actually given an hour to decompress and it was incredibly beneficial, you know? And so it's this constant push and pull, right? Like I, I see progress and then I I'll have days where I feel really um, overpowered, you know? And I think that's kind of the collective attitude towards life in general right now. You know, like I have a son, I'm creating a kingdom of my own. And yet I feel very uncertain and unsafe in this world, you know, when it comes to financial markets or wars abroad or, you know, the next president or, you know, like I just, I find one system growing and I'm in control of creating that system. And then I see all these systems around me breaking down and it's a really confusing time. And so I think that the way to navigate through that confusion is authenticity and transparency. Right, You and I have a successful relationship, one that I honor and cherish because we don't beat around the fucking bush, dude. Yeah. We're not passive aggressive with one another. Passive aggressive is so immature and it's so one foot in, one foot out. It's like we talk about being firemen, you know, well, that's not, that's not how a man acts in my opinion, yeah. you know? So a lot of lessons learned this year. Um, and a lot of opportunities to really go head on with some of these things, you know, and, and who knows, dude, will we reduce suicide through our efforts? I like to believe so. I mean, Daniela came on dude, and a lot of members started seeing her Yeah, and that was so fucking great to hear, dude, because the reality is I always go back to like, I don't cut my own hair, you know, I don't make my own clothes. Like I, um, I try and wash my own car, <laughs> but when it comes to therapy, that's a paid professional, you know, that's, um, someone who's trained to help. And I think we all need help. Right. So, and you know, in conclusion to this long ass ramble, <laughs> it's all about unity for sure. dude. You know, and creating that tribe. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a really cool way to look at like this this progress and and ultimately the progress within ourselves individually too because that's that's what's been shown um, and for everyone listening you know we stick to our practices as well like if we put our money where our mouth is we talk about practices we do them ourselves from experience we're speaking from uh, from the heart about what we're doing here and. In the end, like you want to have someone that you're you're listening to do this stuff because you don't want to have someone just give you like an ass backwards way of doing things and not do it themselves. You you know people in your life where you can't trust them because they don't follow through with their word. And you know I think in throughout all retrospect, um, you know I like to even practice different things and learn different things. And I think throughout my entire young adulthood, I, I've studied different um, ways of thinking and I've expanded my way to um, always question the narrative and question things is like one of my favorite attributes that I carry. And it, in that aspect that it's brought me to the, you know, the topics we bring up and the way we think about things, it's not just um, coming overnight. You know, I've, I've practiced, um, you know, different 
alternatives and expanded myself and opened with opened my mind to different ways of, of viewing this reality we we work with you know and um i guess one of them is like understanding like your consciousness it's super difficult to really break that down and i think humanity as a whole has really had a hard time doing that um and especially being a firefighter trying to understand your consciousness you know i think when i started uh therapy this year uh i didn't realize i had um from what she was telling me was i have high level of uh what is it called high high working level of anxiety which high functioning high functioning anxiety that correlates to hypervigilance welcome to the club baby and i didn't understand she broke it down for me so well to where i you know, I was like, oh shit, I, I am high functioning with anxiety, you know, but mm-hmm. that's the hypervigilance I had to turn off. And I used to turn it off with alcohol and I don't do that anymore. So I, I didn't realize my practices helped me so much to kind of steer away from my hypervigilance mm-hmm. and understanding hypervigilance for myself. And the biggest thing is everyone's going to operate differently. So you have to make this relationship with it and partnership with it because if you don't really understand it, you're going to be wandering aimlessly in this way of like trying to figure it out, you know? And then a lot of times you're figuring it out with alcohol and later down the road, now you have health problems. And that's what we are really trying to help understand is like, just make the conscious decisions. And, you know, we've, we've progressed into each episode differently with that same, I guess, mantra or that same vision is to help yourself just make a relationship with this and with that. And then you're going to be able to uh, seek it out yourself because in the end, you can only help yourself. And by doing that, you're actually unifying the collective as a whole as well. And as a department, we're, we're bringing this unification um, with each other in, by doing your inner work. And steering away from the old ways of doing things uh the way our department has its traditions which we honor as well and by the same token we just want to also honor the new age of thinking new age of doing and everyone can can speculate from a bird's eye view but when you're in the mud when you're in the mud or you're in the muck it it feels like you're moving so slowly like molasses you know especially when you're working long shifts and if you just turn on a Gravelize episode and you listen, you're like, okay, I can understand what's going on here uh, from their perspective because we're in it with them. And I think that's really admirable um, just to, I guess, take it in a perspective of someone feeling what you're feeling and talking about it and taking the courage to go on a platform and post it on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? So when we started this project i think the biggest thing was trust trust ultimately it 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 just things would fall into my lap that i didn't realize um could have occurred you know i think doing the peer support group training and then from there going to even like the peer support group conference with people from across the united states um and then meeting different people shaking hands with different people who have been doing some of this work themselves um with trying to get their message out it's really tremendous and a gift to, um, you know, even have like this sponsorship and partnership we have with Frontline Behavioral Health. Like, I met, I met them through a doctor who just ran into me, and she liked what we had to say, and it just ended up ended up working out to where now they're helping us out and we're helping them out, and it's like this 
beautiful spectrum of how it all turned out with trust. Yeah. You know, and like even trusting the tech stuff, like it's it's a pain in the ass <laughs> to do it sometimes, <laughs> but uh, we got to do it, you know, and it, it really helps out to trust yourself and then trust the, the capabilities that everything is in alignment with your reality if you trust it. Yeah, dude. I mean, trust is scary, right? But like, that's where faith comes in. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's been a big thing for me. I think I've always, I've had a relationship with a higher power, you know, for most of my adult life. Um, when I was a kid, I was a pretty like, pretty proud atheist. I was like, yeah, that's not for me. I don't believe in that. <laughs> I forget, you know, I was also just a stubborn, sarcastic little asshole, you know? <laughs> And so I look back at that kid and I, I said, well, you didn't, you didn't have any role models. So naturally you didn't have a higher power to believe in, but the older I get and the more often that I see like good in people, or I see people being brave and people wanting to be more conscious, right? Cause to be conscious is, um, the ultimate flex dude, you know, like so many For people sure, are unaware of their patterns or their triggers and they're just walking around just kind of blindly. Um, but I think, um, being conscious of the toll that this profession takes, right. And not denying that sleep deprivation is killing us. And the shit we see adds up and contributes to complex PTSD. And like you said, drinking, such a popular coping mechanism. It's not about being conscious. It's about being unconscious. It's about sleeping. It's about uh, turning off. It's about being sluggish and being numb. And these are not restorative practices. They're not restful. Um, and owning that, owning your shit. In the last year, I've thought a lot about how it's not your fault but it's your responsibility, mm. you know? And in the fire service, we're like one of the few public agencies that people trust. People get excited to see us when we just show up, you know, yeah. we, we, we bring this sense of calm with us um, and being proud of that and knowing that on every call, dude, we might be putting out a fire. We might be treating chest pain, but we are influencing. We're influencing how people feel. And if you're not in, if you're not within alignment in yourself and you don't even understand how you feel, then how do you understand the power of influence over someone else's feelings, right? So many fucking guys on the job that are unconscious of how their behavior affects someone else. I recently caught up with a buddy who had spoken with a retired member who was given a, a pretty serious cancer diagnosis and this member had a reputation and um it got back to me that he had said you know i wonder how many guys are you know rooting for the cancer to win based on how he had behaved in his entire career and man i that that one like really brought me to my knees you know because yeah. i have so much sympathy for this member because no matter how rude you are i would never wish a cancer diagnosis on anyone and yet this man had found humility and he had found self-awareness and he probably had felt felt shame 
you know, for him to say that, that there's guys like rooting for me to fail. Yeah. He probably felt shame. He probably felt regretful guilt. When I see that, I really take accountability for my own actions. I mean, dude, having this podcast made me not want to talk shit at the kitchen table because people are watching, people are listening. And I don't want to be that person who's two-faced. We see enough of that in our department, dude. Just the other day, I was doing a canvassing event where I had to hand out smoke detectors and the battalion chief came over in the morning to inspect grooming standards. Okay, fine. You know, shaved, put on uh, my bad shirt. I even did one more button than I usually do. <laughs> I wanted to be respectful of his wishes, right? I get done with the canvassing event. The first call I have is a TA on a major street and the light force on scene, dude, zero PPs. No one, no one has a helmet. No one has a brush jacket. No one has anything. And I look and I think I see that captain too. And I'm thinking, dude, you're about to be a chief. Like what the hell? Right. Well, these mixed messages are creating a lot of confusion and they're also creating this system that's like going against unity. Right. Because yeah. it's so inconsistent. It's like, what team do we play for? You know, a lot of times we only play for the team that is the number on the side of our helmet. But if you only swear by that number, you know, and you don't interact with anyone on scene, you're putting yourself in a box. You're putting yourself in a position to only rely on your reputation that's upheld on your own arrogance. There's zero humility in that. Yeah. Humility is I am you. Compassion is I see myself in you. And that's been a, a big thing that i've tried to practice even with like a homeless meth head it's like i am you i could have been you had i made three lefts instead of two rights you know like and um so yeah dude just a big discovery year and 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 one where ownership and accountability is at the forefront of everything we do right because if we say it on here and we don't practice it out there the legitimacy goes out the fucking window right and so it's really held me accountable and I love it, dude, because this is this is the person I am. This is the person I want to live. This is the person I want to show my son, right? And that helps, dude, at work. Man, sometimes I hear what, what people say about their spouses or about their kids or what they say about civilians. And I'm like, what if your wife was sitting next to you right now, right? And so... I've learned also that if you're if you're willing to level up, if you're determined to grow, right, you're going to find haters along the way. I mean, try going sober. See how your friends think about that. See if they give you shit for not drinking. They will. They will, you know. And w what that does is um it makes you it makes you brave. When you're when you're so determined to get healthy that you'll do anything to come off the bottom, and you realize, oh shit, my social circles are changing and fuck this guy I thought we were tight with. He's now criticizing me because I, I'm influencing some sort of change in our relationship. I mean, if you're, if you're not evolving, you're dying. And so I think accepting change, taking ownership over our feelings, taking ownership and accountability over the power of influence that the fire service has. I mean, people look up to us. Yeah, We are the epitome of service of masculinity of like just strength you know and i think we need to hold ourselves to higher standards you know and i think what happened was you know the communities we serve they're falling apart <laughs> so 
we we sort of gave up on influencing them we sort of gave up on like standing for something um well, i mean ultimately it was beautiful what you said oh thanks I commend you for saying all that because it's like your behavior truly is the the number one thing that that counts what matters and i mean you have this famous quote it's like put your money where your mouth is hell yeah people believe in that more than anything else and to truly uh, believe in yourself uh, that you could change and then you make that impact because impact drives income ultimately that was one of the, like, the main cornerstone um, values I, I had been raised with and meaning like not income like money income but in general like personal relationships are more important to me than anything else they're way more valuable so my impact I make on other people is really important and you know just this whole story you had with this you know this guy who's dying of cancer or may not have a, a good outcome whatever it is now he has to live with that and and now he's dealing with it but the whole point is to not get to the point of cancer or a, or a diagnosis or an illness to where you have to feel that yes you can have the opportunity to feel it now yeah. and change it yes that's the beauty of the human experience and to ultimately see ourselves as you can make a left turn immediately and make a 180. It's just uh, profound to to realize that. And we want to let you know that it's it's easy. All you have to do is change and make that, that decision because it's all about the power of choice. And we can make the choices we do every single day. And I think for myself, I, I definitely had raised myself to a higher level of integrity. Ultimately with my thoughts is where I started to change that. And in my relationship with Haley, you know, my thoughts is where I, I was like stopping myself from going to different directions with my thought patterns. Mm. Because my my value of my own life is that your inner world is a direct reflection of your outer world. And everything's going to come to you the way it's in internally. So if I can change that, I can create my own reality the way I want it to, but I have to still make a decision with my behaviors. And if I don't do that, then I'm going to get stuck. Everything comes back to you the way it's set up, the way you, you make your choices. It's always going to come back to you. It's just the way of natural order, cause and effect. If you admire and, and honor this law of cause and effect, you know that your lessons in life are going to still repeat themselves and still come back to you unless you've honored that law. And so I think throughout my, my entirety of, of change this year with making my behavior um, shift with with my relationships, with my friendships, and ultimately my thoughts. It's been like this, um, it's catapulted me in, in so many different ways of getting past some serious concrete blocks within. And, you know, things that have chained me down uh, for a lifetime, you know, and it's, it's, it's been really humbling um, to shed that. And I think in the end, you know, I, I just hope for everyone to to want that change. You know, it came to me through an injury, you know, and I I struggled and I was just dragged in the mud through it and in, in the fire and brimstone uh, to make that change. You know, but I, I saw, you know, through myself, I think you, you were talking about, you know, believing in a higher power. You have to. And, you know, for me, it, it was kind of opposite because I was raised very religious to um, having fear with the higher power, which is pretty interesting. And as I got older, I became more of a rebel 
and you know listened to a lot of punk rock music and questioned everything and being more of an anarchist and that brought me to actually being uh, uh, steering away from the higher power and i became more of an agnostic you know believing that there is something there but not um you know not surrendering to it and i think as i got older i began to um you know it just sink in with more eastern philosophy to study more of like how to liberate the mind and uh, from suffering you know and those things and that actually got me into more of the surrender into the higher power um because ultimately it was like the religion that was bringing me down to i guess um just stapling me in with limiting belief systems that didn't serve me and i i really had to uh, discover like it is surrendering to yourself and to the higher power that is true liberation and um I think this year has been a lot of surrendering, man, and it's been like a lot of just discoveries with that word um, because that has led me into the transformation of myself, and it continues to do so. Um, the more I surrender and let go of things is the more I can find this, uh, this capability to influence others, and teaching that is really important as well. Um, I think it's hard to teach that because you have to experience that level of surrender yourself. And ultimately, um, it's just, <laughs> you got to make that choice to do it, you know, and a lot of people are, have a fear of letting go. Um, and even with this career, I think a lot of people, um, you know, 20 years down the road who are, is in a first responder, um, category, they, they will work themselves to the bone for that pension, uh, even though they're suffering inside. And so, <laughs> We know so many people who do that. We talked earlier about, you know, people doing 20 years and they leave and instead of doing 30 plus, you know, and getting the full benefits of their pension. And I think people will, will take it to the grave, you know, they're, and they will sacrifice their own mental health and, and physical health in order to get that pension. And that we want to tell you and teach you not to do that because your health and your family are more important bottom line. And, you know, this this podcast also has been this almost like holistic way of, of discovering you know, the things you can do to, to counteract that and biohack your body. Um, it, it, it's all in, it's all part of the, this program of there's not one word answer for this shit. You know, you want to go home and feel fucking good. You know, and it's like you, you got to make some choices, man. You got to you know stop eating those cakes and those brownies that are just sitting out on the in the kitchen and uh, and you're getting calls from mid, after midnight. And you're going in there and you're eating some brownies. Like, dude, this. Don't eat before you go to sleep. It's not really good for your metabolism, you know? So those simple choices really make a difference. And I think over a period of time, like, you know, making a decision to stop drinking is is going to benefit you. Um, not not going through a state of judgment for people who do drink, because I did it for a long time, but I realized it was actually making me sick. And I, I didn't like coming into work feeling sick, you know? And it's just like, I, I ultimately held myself to a standard of like, okay, do I want to really feel good or I want to feel shitty? And the answer is I want to feel good. And so a part of that is, is shedding old patterns and um, afflictions and addictions to get there. And it's not easy. Um, and you don't have to white knuckle it the entire time. You know, you can just, um, you know, take it step by step and chip away. The more you chip away at it, it's going to really help. And, uh, you know, if you're going to step into something like therapy or, you know, EMDR, these things are really beneficial to help you get through barriers that have held you down for a really long time. Um, but I really want to talk about the drills because I think those are 
pretty interesting. Um, I hope people will listen to them. <laughs> but it's like a it's a small uh, tidbit to because like, we talk about so much, it's hard to get a lot of the knowledge in um, one podcast episode. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And so the drills are kind of set up to give you a little more insight into what we're talking about here. Um, it's it's pretty difficult to to breeze over a, a topic. You know, like. When we first started, we were talking about shadow work, and I know someone came up to you and said, "Hey, what's shadow work? I don't understand that." And uh, breaking it down in a whole episode about it was, and I still feel we did it. We we got around the the topic, you know, uh, but there's so much more to it, um, and so it's kind of cool to set up a drill to where you know it's going to emphasize um, things like gut health, you know, working through the power of your heart or um, understanding this. Um, you know, these complex things that are really, really rad that you could uh, educate yourself with, you know? Yeah, um, yeah I don't know, man. What do, you, people, what else do you think this year? I mean, are people still confused about shadow work? It's like ingest information that you're interested in. You know, I've been doing Wim Hof for over a month now, and now I'm listening to an audio book called Breath. You know, like... If oh, dude, I read that book. James McNester, right? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. But it's like tailor your environment, you know, towards what you're passionate about. It's not hard, you know, like I think these are the benefits of knowing yourself, knowing how hard you work to create Zen. So don't give up your Zen for someone who didn't go through the yellow and you got stuck at the red, you know, like why would you all the shit we do all that we work so hard on feeling good, right? Americans are obsessed with, you know, more money, more happiness, more vacations, all this shit, right? And we work at it, uh, but too often we give up our Zen for no no reason. Um, I'll give you an example of of shadow work, and it's so funny that if you are confused, I mean, just get rid of all the models you're following on Instagram and start following some good pages, you know, because like every page I follow talks about shadow work, and they explain it way better than I do. Uh, the holistic psychologist is incredible. Uh, Man talks is incredible. I mean, I'm still a big Aubrey Marcus fan, but um, for me, shadow work. So check this out. Recently, Leah and I kept having the same fight. She's too anxious. She makes me uncomfortable when she's you know anxious around our son, and I would get like um, an exaggerated response. Like for instance, when they came back from Colorado, I I. I greet them at the airport. I was so excited to see them, dude. I had like tears of joy. You know, I give Leah a big kiss. I give Gus a kiss. And um, his cheeks look like they had just a little redness to them. And Leah, you know, she's a great mother. She's very in tune with her son. She was like, fuck, babe, do you think that's a rash? I was like, no, I don't think so. And she was like, are you sure? I hate that, dude. I hate it. When I'm in the back of the RA and like I tell the captain, hey, we're good. You know, like we're good without the engine, we're good without the life force, whatever. And someone says, Are you sure? I'm like triggered. <laughs> and so um, I just got upset, man. I got upset at her. And then I was like, Fuck, what am I compensating for? Why do I have this exaggerated response? And we talked about it. And what came up for me was when I was a kid, I could feel my mom's anxiety a lot. And, um, I always wished my dad would step in and make me feel safe. 
and he never did. And so what I was projecting was a feeling of myself as a kid. I was putting that into Gus. And I was like, God damn it. If I'm making him feel safe in my arms, don't come up and try to make him feel anxious. And that's not what she was doing at all. She was just trying to have a conversation with her partner about something that was suspect on our perfect little fragile baby boy, right? And so if you have exaggerated responses to something, if you feel like potentially your emotional response is compensating for something that originated in childhood, then maybe start looking at the origin of these reactions and decide what was in the light, what was praised, what was loved, and what was put in the shadow, and what were you um, afraid to feel. And that's my best definition for shadow work. It's a yeah. reaction that's a compens- compensatory measure for something that was was deemed unfavorable, right? Yeah, so great, great analogy and great way to describe that. And yeah, so essentially you know, what these things do, it gives you uh, insight, right, to something in the past has created a pattern for your reactivity. Now, what's beautiful about it is that we talked about choice, the power of changing things, right? And the greater awareness you're seeing now didn't come overnight. So the cool part is that these patterns actually have a key that opens that up to something new or something old, right? And so now that that opening now leads into a belief system that leads another key. And that belief system that could be limiting or it could be empowering. And now when you open that up, now it goes into an identity. And that's where you find the truest pieces of yourself. And that's where we're, we're leading up to is like when you are going and this is what a therapist wants you to do when they're talking about opening up the box out of your childhood and or your marriage or whatever. And this is what we're doing is like now you're opening up to the truest piece of your identity that you can empower yourself with that anchors you in with your truest self to where circumstances arise that are jarring to your your reality and it doesn't become so um it doesn't push you over or dump you into the water as much you know you're not going to drown you're not going to tread water as much because you know yourself better because you've done this work you've dove into the shadows of your being um so it's really that was really good um example really oh, thanks dude yeah. i mean you know i think my mission in this podcast has changed like over the over the last year right we were focused on unity and i think that's a really really advanced concept for humans right we've always been divided we've always found tribes and i think um something that i'm more attracted to now as a mission is focusing on leadership uh leadership feels more universal than unity i think we're always going to separate ourselves us versus them and we're always going to find people we align with and people we don't and that's just the way the world is you know um but i think if we can influence some sort of positive change in the fire service it's highlighting good leadership you know and i talked to a member recently that was telling me that his son was uh, upsetting him because he put the the top button on his button down shirt and he was like no 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 don't do that open it up open it up like me 
and he, he was looking for me to confirm that you never do the top button and i'm like no the top button's dope dude it's like a cool <laughs> fucking move dude i just watched equalizer three last night on netflix yeah. and like denzel's got the top button the whole time so i wanted to tell him like hey your son knows more about fashion than you do but what really got me focused on what he was talking about was why do you need him to dress differently why do you need him to dress like you and it's because that's easier it's fucking easier it's easier to have a mini me just like it's easier for an ao to train his members if all those members want to be him right but if your members don't look like you or don't act like you or they're single and you're married or whatever that's that's all difficult right it's difficult to tailor a teaching style to each new member and we're seeing a very wide fucking spectrum of diversity yeah. when it comes to equity, when it comes to inclusion. We're seeing a very wide spectrum, dude. I'm seeing rookies that I cannot believe past the tower. I'm like, how you're not in shape. You're not in shape. I don't know how you got through. And so it's more challenging. It's more challenging to take a rookie out drilling if he can't get through the evolution, right? We should have a basic standard for physical fitness and we don't. So how do we react to this? Do we give up? Do we say, fuck this new generation of rookies? No, no, we don't because we need these people. This is a staffing crisis. Yeah. So we have to go inward. We have to ask ourselves, is that a fair reaction to someone just because they're not me? No, we need to ask ourselves to do better and be better. And that's my focus has changed. And it's been exhausting. Dude, the other day I made a rookie cry for just speaking directly to him. <laughs> just putting him on blast just the one one-on-one -on -one, you know and i didn't raise my voice and i didn't say anything hurtful so i thought but he he had an emotional response and do part of me wanted to be like you know what fuck that like i can't i can't work with this and then i gave myself a few hours and then i pulled him aside and i said let's talk about that like how did that make you feel and i it it was discovered that he wasn't just taking my words in he was taking in his own narrative of a lot of shame right and that's what ultimately got him to break and so then we had a whole side conversation about worthiness and valuing yourself and like if you're constantly focused on all the opinions of the spectators guess what your work is going to suffer right if you're if you're worried about everyone else on the roof watching you and your operation well you're now distracted and you're not putting as much focus as you could into your actual operation so I think my mission now is to be the change I want to see, hold myself to a higher standard of leadership, and to um, to be brave in that effort because people are always watching, right? Yeah. I mean, you never know if you're someone's role model, but I I really encourage you if you're in a position of power or if you you know if you're if you're proud of your work ethic show it off man let these let these people learn from you and don't be so quick to give up on someone because we don't know the battles that people are fighting you know especially members on probation we don't know if they're going through a divorce you know we don't know if they're fighting for custody of their kid i mean these are like real fucking issues right yeah. Finding the cook of the day is very insignificant compared to someone fighting to see their child. So be humble and have some respect for whatever someone's going through and give them the opportunity to do better and give yourself the opportunity to be patient with this member and understand you have a very powerful influence 
over a fragile, <laughs> a fragile rookie who's just looking to be accepted, right? Yeah. So that's my my mission has sort of transformed over the past year. You know, doing this recap, I've I've sort of looked at like unity. Is that the best way to inspire? Is to say, hey, everyone, let's hold hands and be friends. Or is it better to inspire, to feature the guys that are doing it right? You know, when Sean and Vidge came on, dude, they're fucking leaders. You, yeah. you, you think Vidge is going to get shit for wearing red lenses? Absolutely he is. In this department, this culture, fuck yeah. Do you think his fiance appreciates the fact that he's going to wear glasses that are going to allow him to sleep better, to show up at home more uh, present and more joyful? Yes. It's a sacrifice. So start sacrificing um, being super popular and one of the boys for like taking care of your body and your mind because your family's counting on you to do so. Yeah. Well said again. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm fired up, You're dude. I'm sorry. It, I just got off of 72. That's good. No, I, yeah, it's beautiful because, you know, I was just talking to Haley uh, the other day. I was like, just... You know, really being outspoken about like I want to make sure my goal is to come home and be able to be present with my family yeah. not be broken um, and not be like just shattered um, with injuries and just mental you know constructs of limitations you know I don't want that for myself later and just shoot for a pension you know I don't I don't agree with that you know I want to feel good and and be able to enjoy the spoils and the sacrifices i did i did make to even get this career um has really left me with a few injuries you know that i still um tinker with here and there and you know i don't want to i see a lot of guys that are they can barely walk dude i've seen guys just like broken backs and like surgeries it's just like insane i know a guy my age on the job who just got a hip replacement I mean, that's gnarly. Yeah. That is so gnarly. And dude, I had this thought recently because I want the pension too. I mean, who doesn't want the pension? Yeah. Who doesn't think about retirement? But I had this thought, if I'm not doing it in a 38-year-old body, what makes me think I'm going to do it in a 65-year-old body? So I can either do it now and then just like chill later in life, but I know I'm going to go nuts because I have high-functioning anxiety and I have to be moving. Or I can, I can start taking care of myself more. So that when I when I have the opportunity to have time, energy, and money, I actually have the body to support this lifestyle that I'm dreaming of. Can you imagine just dreaming of retirement? Oh, I fucking hate this job, but it'll give me a pension after 20, 30 years. And then you arrive at that destination and you're too broken to enjoy, you know, the time and energy and money that you've earned. We gotta start taking care of ourselves more, dude. Yeah, I mean, I just talked to my cousin who's a captain. He had back surgery, you know, and he's been just white knuckling this injury for a long time. And you know, he's got like what twenty five years in the job. Which just, department? He works for us. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, yeah and I was just talking to him about it, and he's just, you know, he's just <laughs> he had a serious back injury. You know what I mean? And now he's he's like doesn't know what to do, and you know, I don't want to end up like that. You know, it's just like. Take care of yourself, man, and make sure you're, um, I mean, I just spoke to another person who was like afraid to go off injury because he feels he has like this duty to serve. And I had this really like 
intimate talk with him about, dude, you got to take care of your body. If you don't take care of yourself, you pay now or you pay later. You got to pay the piper no matter what. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? Here's what that might look like for someone. And this is my own personal experience. So, you know, forgive me if no one else relates to this, but I have a feeling someone might. So I love what you, this commitment to serve is like a, a thing that's so honorable. Like I like really praise first responders because if we go back to why they chose this profession, typically it's not to buy a new truck. Typically it's like, I want to help people. I'm good at helping people. And so I always want to honor that. Um, Oh my God, I just forgot where I was going with this. But so. How are you going to serve if you're broken? Okay. (laughs) So this is what that looks like. Okay. So I can do five days in a row and I can come home and I cook and I clean and I help with the baby, right? So I'm determined to continue serving and I love putting everyone else first. I mean, a lot of people hide under the role of caretaker, right? Because it's just easy. That's our default setting. We can always put everyone else first. But what usually happens is then you have a breakdown. And so what happens with me is I don't speak up. I don't tell people how I'm feeling because I don't even understand how I'm feeling. And then I have a, I have an outburst. I have either a, a strong uh, reaction of anger or I have a strong reaction of shutting down or I have a strong reaction of isolation. And my family doesn't like it, right? And so that's, for me, that's the epitome of someone who just serves, 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 serves is it's not sustainable. So take inventory of your life and try and detect maybe a side effect of always serving because what's that's going to do is it's going to create a, a warning system a signal right and i can usually detect when i'm doing something i usually enjoy like cooking and now cooking is uh, bringing up resentment for like i'm working so hard and no one else is that's my fucking warning sign okay so if i start speaking about someone i love in a resentful tone that's when i know oh shit my cup is like one drop full and I got to fill it before I have an outburst. So I really want to praise first responders for having this, this spirit that is like anchored in service. It's so fucking great, but serve yourself so you can continue to serve others. Well put. I mean, minus a brain fart that lasted what, two minutes. (laughs) But yeah, dude, I mean, that's, it's so it's impeccable to to have that mindset you know and it's it's hard sometimes we get we get sidetracked so if you bring that uh, awareness to yourself you're going to practice doing that it's going to change over a period of time to where you're you're having a, a bit of like this you know algorithm that you've created now to decide okay hold on a second here i need to take a step back and then you know just kind of re um, readjust my position here um yeah, brother. Um, I don't know if there's anything else this year you want to kind of go over, but we can close this one that this episode. Yeah, up. I want to thank everyone who came on. You know, we've had some incredible guests, dude. I haven't seen Wolf in a while, but I man, I love that dude. You know, he was one of our first guests where I realized the opportunity we have to learn from people. You know, um, I have an ego, and sometimes the podcast for me is like an opportunity to speak my mind, right? And 
I think with Wolf, I learned, no, dude, my opportunity is to feature someone who's smarter than me, who speaks better than me, and someone who can share some of his knowledge. And then we all rise together. So Wolf kind of like clued me into like the collective uh, rise in consciousness that is so fun, dude. It's so fun. When you are going through this deep, dark night of the soul and you feel lonely and you're having ego deaths and you're like, which way is up? And then you have guides, you know, you have people show up and, you know, embrace you and, and remind you that you're on the right path and all these things, dude, it's so fun. It's, it's just like the best feeling on earth for me being accepted by an authentic tribe. One that I truly fit in with is a much better feeling than creating a persona and being accepted by a, a club. And I'm, like I'm a fraud the whole time, you know? So like find yourself and you will find your tribe. And then we all work together at all of this, right? Cause inner work is difficult, but like I haven't had a drink in 10 months. And one of our guests, um, Kendall, the yoga instructor that was working with Cal fire, she's sober too. And I just hit her up and we just talked like briefly about sobriety, but it was enough of, um, it was enough of a high five for me to feel like, okay, this collective mission on growing in consciousness is supported. It's supported with all these guests that we've had. And so it's just been a privilege to meet all the people that we've had on this podcast. And just taking it back to what I said, it's a, it's been a privilege to hear from firefighters from Canada, from the Pacific Northwest, from ex-firefighters that are doing breathwork camps in Costa Rica. You know, it's been such a privilege to hear from all of our listeners that this heart-based project has meant something you know like i said like this is not about fame or fortune this is about helping people this is about admitting there's a problem so that we can begin the healing process i'm so done with the denial process yeah first responders are at risk for suicide pull your head out of your ass this is a difficult career we have to admit that sleep deprivation and call volume and morale and all these things affect the way we feel. We are human beings. We feel. But we're supreme beings in that we do a very difficult job and we have an enormous amount of compassion for mankind. And we serve day in and day out. And so appreciating that we are in a position of power to influence well let's get some new practices for all these new problems um and to discovery happens in the discomfort you know what i mean on a good day i'm i love good days they're great but it's the bad ones that teach me the most so be brave be conscious you are not alone and this has been a really fun year very humbling year to learn about being on a podcast and to learn about um, true identity and growing as a leader and and having integrity and knowing that what we say on here is how we want to live out there well said you're on a stretch <laughs> this episode brother. Uh, i am very impressed oh like, thanks john everything you said today was just like ringing bells and um, it's an honor to work with you same and, brother and also be your friend and um, you know, I consider you a family member. Same, you know, brother. Same. And so I really and want Leah to... does, and Gus does, and that's you talk about a tribe, brother. Yeah, you man. know, I love you. So I appreciate you, man, and uh, all the 
all the ups and downs that has happened between just focusing on what's most important and it's the people who listen, you know, and, um, and we talked about it before we have made, um, this intention to, if this meets whatever five people and then helps them, that's all that matters. And it's, it's grown to show that it's, it's now, uh, reaching many, many more than that. And, um, so thank you everybody for listening. Um, just, uh, if you're interested in frontline behavioral health, go to acerahealth.com. Amazing um, company and agency that's in partnership with us that, that can help you and takes insurance and um, across the board does so many different things and is in alignment with um, you know our, our incentive to help others. So go ahead and check them out. And um, thank you, everybody. And Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year.